Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Gaff with Gold Rush. My name is Afia. Hi, I'm Sharita. Welcome back. As you guys know, last episode, we introduced song vibe of the day. Vibe of this episode is a song by our very own Adrian Dutchin. Song title is I Am a Guyanese. Listen to it here. Come on, everybody. I am a Guyanese. I remember I was in maybe sixth or seventh grade when that song came out. And playing it back actually was a vibe. You feel you don't feel the same yeah, way I feel? No, I, I agree. I was and, rocking out just now. And just remembering how the video looks. <laughs> if y'all watch the video, you're going to see the graphics. We're in the best. You can tell they use a green screen, but the vibes were there. The yes, vibes were everybody was there. so proud when that song came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, today we will be discussing being Guyanese. Um, this is a two-part series specifically as it relates to geography. Um, and in this part of the series, we'll be discussing the diaspora. Um, but before I get into that and before we begin our discussion, I'm going to allow Afia to introduce an episode arc that we have not yet presented you guys with. So go ahead, Afia. All right. So so this series is a part of gold sifting. So if you don't know what sifting is, it it's also known as gold panning. So like sorting through gold particles sediments ultimately just separating what is valuable and what's desired from what's unwanted so this term is used to describe the act of carefully examining information and choosing which ideas and things like that are meaningful to the topic at hand so what these gold sifting episodes are going to do is exactly that. So we're going to be sorting through conversations with members of the Guyanese community, whether that's you or abroad. Um, We want to separate fact from gossip and fiction Mm -hmm. and just debunk any stories or um, stereotypes about Guyana, the diaspora and Mm -hmm. our history. Yeah. So this is very important because there's a lot of misinformation about our history. And when we play telephone with so much of our history, you do lose some aspects of the truth. So we want to, as Afia said, sift for fact versus gossip and fiction. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, we'll be presenting information that we actually researched and read from a report actually from JSTOR. You can find it online. Um, the report's title is The Guyanese Diaspora and the authors are um, Michael Matera Linnea Sandin and Maripaz Alvarez. Really, really interesting article. So we'll be summarizing some of the information and just adding in, you know, some more of our feedback. So today, as I mentioned before, we'll be talking about diaspora. And we have described a diaspora a number of times on this podcast because, you know, Gold Rush as an organization is focused on, you know, connecting the diaspora with local Guyanese. But to give you a more solid definition that you can remember as you interact with Gold Rush on social media and just the organization in general and even the podcast is that migrant organizations worldwide broadly describe a diaspora as immigrants and their descendants who live outside of a country of their birth or their country of ancestry, whether it's on a temporary or permanent basis, but they still maintain material ties to their country of origin. And so some other people understand the diaspora to be a state of mind or what some would call a psychocultural connection to the homeland. So regardless of maintaining material ties, material meaning maybe land, um, family, to the country. So whether you have no general ties to Guyana except for blood relation, you're still thought to be 
a part of the Guyanese diaspora. So you do not have to have a house and cows in Region 4. <laughs> Shout out Region 4. Shout out Region 4. So to put that in context for us, our Guyanese diaspora are people born in Guyana or people of Guyanese descent. Yes, all six ethnicities, as well as the children and descendants of these people who live outside of the country of Guyana. And if you guys forgot about what the six ethnic groups of Guyana are, um, because, you know, Guyana is a land of six peoples. You have the South Asian or Indians, which is the largest ethnic group in Guyana, followed by those of African descent. And then there's the smaller populations of Chinese Portuguese, and mixed races. And finally, last but not least, are nine Amerindian or indigenous groups, uh, making up about 10.5% of the country, and they inhabit mostly the interior regions of the country. Yeah, so you can think of these different ethnic groups as a type of diaspora in itself, since none of them, with the exception of our native Amerindian peoples, are actually native to Guyana or the South American continent. But nonetheless, when we use the word diaspora on this podcast, we're referring to persons who were born in Guyana or who have cultural ties to the country. Right. So it's really only recently that Guyana's population has grown, especially due to immigration and re-migrants, um, both legal and illegal immigration, as we referred to in our last episode Um Shameless plug, make sure y'all check out that one. Our last episode is just a um, a news episode on recent efforts by the Guyanese police force to be more inclusive to foreign immigrants. Um, but anyways, as I mentioned before about Guyana's population, it's now that we're seeing an increase. So for a long time, the number of Guyanese in the country was around 787,000. Um, and the population growth was either on a decline or it was increasing at an probably about 2% increase. Um, so Guyana's emigration rate, meaning those leaving the country, is actually one of the highest in the world. So about mm -hmm. 30,000 Guyanese leaving each year. And there were many reasons for that, which uh, I would let Sharita clarify, but ultimately many people left due to political instability, meaning that they weren't agreeing with the politics um, in Guyana at the time or because they were in search of better economic opportunities in other countries. Yeah, so, you know, as Fia was saying, there were many reasons that people chose to emigrate from Guyana. Um, in the early 1990s, investment into the country declined significantly, so the economy was really affected. Um, it caused wages to be very low, and there was just a period of negative economic growth, um, and not to mention the political environment people just weren't a fan of, the social environment people weren't a fan of. And that is what caused a lot of Guyanese people to feel like they were living within an environment and a country that just wasn't right for them. So many Guyanese felt that there were insufficient educational systems and healthcare systems. It pushed a lot of people away. And then again, in the early 2000s, there was a lot of political and ethnic tensions. And that also contributed to an increase in crime in the country, um, and, you know, what many people felt was discrimination. So, you know, those were two major emigration waves that happened within the last 25 to 30 years. And that definitely impacted the population growth and thus, you know, emigration of Guyanese people in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and like, it seems that everyone seems to just want to leave because, you know, America or the UK seems to have better opportunities it wasn't just Guyanese people wanting to leave. A lot of people were also recruited um, years, many years ago um, to immigrate 
to these other countries. So mm-hmm. during the 1960s, there was a huge emigration wave to the UK due to the Windrush. Um, just look up the Windrush generation and you'll find out more. Mm-hmm. And the war shortage, which caused for a lot of Caribbeans to move to the UK due to um, the needs to fill jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you had the UK just actively encouraging immigration from their former colonies, which included many countries in the Caribbean, um, which allowed for their immigration policies to be easier to navigate. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't remember, Guyana used to be called British Guyana because it was a British colony. So that definitely speaks to what Afi is explaining. But go ahead, Fee. Yeah, exactly. Um, but later on, um, Canada and the U.S., they started to improve their immigration laws and they had better job and educational opportunities. Um, and not to mention the power of having many family members abroad, which encouraged Guyanese at home to move to these new countries. So you, if you were familiar with many of your family members living in the UK, you were more comfortable moving there because you knew you had family established already. Exactly. But, um, you know, we just mentioned the UK, Canada and the US, but it, it wasn't even just the developed international superpowers. So within the region, so CARICOM, we mentioned in the last episode, is known as the Caribbean community. Um, as they strengthened regional relations between the different CARICOM countries, there was also a wave of skilled Guyanese migrating throughout the Caribbean. And this was throughout the 80s. So many Guyanese actually preferred to move within the region because many of the countries, Trinidad and Tobago, Barbados, Antigua and Barbuda, these are countries with similar cultural and environmental context to Guyana, um, the weather, language, music, food, etc. And so it was a lot easier for Guyanese within the region to adapt. And that's why it's not very uncommon to meet a Guyanese person who's lived in another Caribbean country. But yeah, as I mentioned, um, countries like Suriname, Trinidad and Tobago, Antigua, um, all these countries have a similar ethnic makeup to Guyana. And they also have small Guyanese diaspora communities ranging from, you know, 5,000 to even 15,000 people there. And that's actually substantial when you consider the size of some of these islands. You know, Guyana has never reached a million people within the population yeah like what what is going on (laughs) (laughs) however that's still substantially more than what the other smaller islands have but yeah all in all Guyanese born diasporans today are estimated to be over 550,000 people worldwide and that number is an older number but it doesn't even include the descendants of these people so it's very likely that when you consider people who were born in Guyana and their children all across the globe, it's more than a million people. And, um, you know, one of the anecdotes that Afi and I have always heard and many other Guyanese have heard is that there are more Guyanese people and descendants living outside of Guyana than there are Guyanese living in Guyana. Yeah, which is crazy to think about considering how much larger Guyana in landmass is compared to other countries who may have larger mm-hmm. population. Yeah. Um, but in addition to the locations that Sharita has mentioned, you'd be surprised that many Guyanese have actually emigrated to Venezuela. Um, So historically, indigenous Guyanese are the ethnic group that has most frequently moved across the border between Venezuela and Guyana. However, they weren't exclusively the only group. So you you did have different ethnic groups going Mm -hmm. back and forth between Venezuela and Guyana and some who are still living there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the largest concentration of Guyanese in Venezuela was previously centered to the far east of Venezuela. So obviously the western border of Guyana in the town of Puerto Ortas. Yeah. And but this town 
is located in a city and you'd be surprised it's called Wayana City. So which is why a lot of um Venezuelans believe that the furthermost western part of Guyana, I believe region 7 is a part of their territory doing the most. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Guyanese population in Venezuela was highest in the 1970s and 80s, and it reached well over 100,000, with some estimating about 300,000 due to a period of political instability in Guyana during that time. So once there was issues with politics, there was a large group of emigrants to Venezuela. Mm -hmm. Um, However, immigration did slow down, um, especially in recent years due to Venezuela's political and economic climate at the moment. So the Guyanese population there has significantly decreased and many Guyanese-born Venezuelans have actually returned to Guyana. Yeah. And so, you know, if you listen to our last episode, um, if you remember, I actually observed Spanish-speaking yet Guyanese-looking people I'm using the phrase looking lightly because we are a land of six peoples, but I observed people that looked to be Guyanese, but they were speaking Spanish. So Afia is definitely right when she says that, you know, the Guyanese population has either moved out of Venezuela for, you know, reasons related to their crises or just returned back to Guyana, but still retained some of the language and the culture that they developed while living in Venezuela. Right. So earlier we mentioned Suriname, the US, the UK, Trinidad, and even Venezuela as to where some Guyanese have emigrated to. Um, So we're definitely an adventurous bunch of people. But statistically speaking, it's estimated that the majority of Guyanese emigrants moved to North America. So places like Canada and the U.S. And as of 2019, countries in North America were considered to be home to at least 80% of Guyanese immigrants worldwide. Yeah. And like, that's so shocking because, (laughs) you know, there's a reason that Region 11 is located in North America, specifically in New York. So shout out Region 11. Right. Shout out. Little Guyana. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, you can find actually almost a quarter of Guyanese diasporans in the Caribbean and in Latin America, um, mostly CARICOM states and neighboring countries that we mentioned before, as well as another five to six percent of the diaspora in Northern Europe more specifically the UK. Um, And within that region, there are over 30,000 Guyanese-born people and descendants. But um, otherwise, over 400,000 people in the US are Guyanese and or of Guyanese ancestry. So most Guyanese in the US actually live in New York, New Jersey, Florida, and Maryland. And as Afia said, they tend to gravitate to well-established Guyanese communities. Um, And that actually leads to more concentrated areas of Guyanese people in fewer locations. So say what you want, but Guyanese people do enjoy the company of other (laughs) Guyanese people. So the communities in these states are often very close-knit. And the clusters actually mirror similar like groupings, like what you would find in Guyana. So... If you're Hindu, you might live in an area with other Guyanese people, and a lot of those people in your area might be Hindu. Similarly, you know, if you're Afro-Guyanese, you might find yourself in an area or a city that has a dense population of Afro-Guyanese people. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so much to the point where Sharita and I used to live in a town where there was a Guyana flag raising every year, and it was home to one of the Guyanese cultural associations. So. Mm-hmm. There are several cities across um, New York and New Jersey who actually do this, considering the the high amount of Mm -hmm. Guyanese in the communities there. Yeah. So some specific communities we want to shout out, you know, again, big up Little Guyana, 
the OG Region 11, Richmond Hill in Queens. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out Jersey City. We went to a flag raising there a couple years back. East Orange, New Jersey, Irvington, New Jersey, Baltimore, Atlanta. All these places have like really bustling and, and active Guyanese communities. Yeah, and also some of the members of the diaspora estimate that Canada could be home to as many as 120,000 to 200,000 Guyanese. So shout out to Ontario, specifically Toronto, the six. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, so last but not least, shout out to our UK Guyanese people listening. Um, Again, approximately 30,000 Guyanese live in the UK, mostly around the area of London. And, you know, many of the Guyanese diaspora in the UK is actually made up of an older and more established generation. But it's always nice when we go over there and meet our cousins and our extended family. So there is a huge um, second and third generation population over there. But um, Guyanese people as a whole are an educated and skilled community. Um, and in the U.S., over half of working age Guyanese are in professional careers, sales occupations, um, work in the service and construction industries, medical fields, finance, business, retail. We are a talented and a hardworking bunch. Yeah. And, and while people leaving the country isn't always the most happy thing, the diaspora definitely still contributes back to the homeland. And, mm -hmm. you know, for decades, uh, the Guyanese diaspora has connected with home more informally. Um, and as you heard in one of our earlier episodes, so many Guyanese people and their descendants would go home to Guyana for the summer, like, like us. Um, actually, almost 50% of tourists to Guyana in 2016 were from the diaspora, meaning yeah. all all abroad coming back home to Guyana. Mm -hmm. um, and even then, many of us, our parents, sent home money through Western Union and goods by barrels. Everybody knows the famous, you know, either blue or tan barrels, mm -hmm. um, as well as sending services to friends and family. Mm -hmm. You know it's time to put stuff in a barrel when your mom is going through the house scourging <laughs> to find what to give away. And you know what? I love that that is such a like a universal understood thing in the community. Like, you know, it's time to contribute, you know? Right. And, you know, you can't get too mad when you notice a couple of your shirts that you haven't <laughs> used in years is gone. <laughs> you did not lie. But um, yeah, if you're from Jersey, you know about La Parkin. So shout out to La Parkin if you've ever been in Guyana when your family is clearing a barrel shout out to John Fernandes <laughs> you know clearing a barrel is not a joke not at all it's like Christmas anytime a barrel touched down and your family actually sent you some nice good quality whatever from the states exactly. you know yeah hopefully barrels don't go out of style though because you know the way that Guyana has access to all the things that you even would access in the states you know people ordering clothes online etc i really hope that the tradition of barrels don't go out of style mm -hmm. although i do hope that families make an effort to contribute to their community and to their families back home please send people good quality stuff don't send no old raggedy thing <laughs> send good quality stuff and nice food right please <laughs> please you don't want your beat up shirts no shade no shade yeah but um you know an interesting statistic that i actually read was that in 2018 the diaspora sent about 333 million dollars in millions yeah and it was mostly from immigrants living in the u.s canada and the uk 
And when I did the math of it, you know, they're saying that at least 400,000, you know, diasporans live in the States. Just double that. Consider maybe 800,000 Guyanese people living worldwide. And I know that that's an underestimate. If you were to divide the 333 million by 800,000 Guyanese people living abroad, that is a little bit more than $400 per person per year being sent back to Guyana. And actually, I think that that number is kind of realistic, honestly. So I think that we should be very proud that we like to contribute back to our families back at home. You don't just leave and um, don't look back, you know. Um, but yeah, in 2018, remittances actually accounted for 8.6% of the GDP. That's crazy. Yeah, that is massive. That is a massive number just coming from the diaspora. But yeah, even outside of money and barrels, like many Guyanese diasporans these days are investing their knowledge and their skills into the local Guyanese community um, through teaching and setting up interest clubs. Um, one of my favorite clubs that I am following online is actually STEM Guyana. And it's from a woman who grew up in Guyana um, and has returned back home to try to give the gift of you know, STEM and teaching STEM to the students in Guyana. And I think that that's an awesome example of, you know, the Guyanese diaspora contributing to the homeland in ways outside of a barrel and, um, you know, a financial remittance. Yeah. And, and those who don't know what STEM is, that's science, technology, engineering and math. Um, so all of those very necessary subjects are being taught right at home to Guyanese mm -hmm. children. And yeah, so even in addition to that, there are other Guyanese groups who are sending home medical supplies, school supplies, just advocating for local needs um, in the community. And, you know, in general, these are things that even Gold Rush strives to do. So big up to these efforts. But yeah, so... As we mentioned, this is a two-part episode with a focus on geography, with this part being related to the diaspora specifically. And so before we close out, I do want to mention a few anecdotes of some of my favorite interactions with people in the diaspora. So, you know, I ran into a lot of Guyanese people when I was in high school. And trust me, I couldn't even take a step without somebody having a flag on their locker <laughs> or their parent driving by with a guy and a flag on their car all sorts of stuff. Seeing a last name that was very clearly Guyanese. Mm -hmm. You can't hide if you're a Persaud. You cannot hide. You cannot hide. <laughs> you cannot hide Persaud. You can't hide can. Sting. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And, you know, shout out to the Jafiks. One of my closest friends in high school, Zainab Jafik, Guyanese family. You know, what about you, Afia? What is one of your favorite interactions mm -hmm. with the diaspora? Uh, I would say one of my favorite, I would say like, Actually, in, in middle school, where I, I met my friend Nefeli. Shout out to Nefeli and, and Bartika. Hey. All right. Um, <laughs> so, <when> I, <laughs> yeah, so I met her in middle school. I met my, my cousin, Tyrese. <laughs> you know, I, I figured out that he was my cousin because of relations through his father and my mother. Very small world, right? Um, and then at work, I'm starting to see a lot more Guyanese people. I don't even ask if they're Guyanese anymore. I just ask, what part of Guyana <laughs> are you from? Because I hear the accent. The accent is thick. Or I would see the last name, especially with um, some of my patients that I get. I'm, I'm not even surprised when they tell me that they're Guyanese because I already know. Yeah. I feel just get church invites and all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, but shout out to all the, the families, especially um, the patients that I've taken care of. Um, yeah. Shout out um, East Burbies, mm -hmm. right? Shout out Campbellville, Kitty, hey. Linden. Mm -hmm. Shout out Skeldon. Yeah. Right, shout out to them. Yeah, because you'd be surprised how many Guyanese people you just come across just in general, especially since we were living in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Very large population. Yeah. And, you know, 
Also, one of the more recent things, especially since, you know, working in Gold Rush and working to spread more news and connect the community, is that we've been meeting Guyanese people via collaboration. So, you know, we partnered with Street View Vagabond, who is a YouTuber, and he actually reached out to us because he wanted to feature us in his series where, you know, he chooses people from a specific country or community and asks them to identify different locations within their homeland. And it was through that experience that me and Afia actually were introduced to some local Guyanese that are doing amazing things. And, um, you know, we do want to give him a shout out for, you know, recognizing Guyana and wanting to put more things about Guyana on the map and considering the diaspora a part of this beautiful community. So do enjoy this little snippet from Chris in part one of this episode, and you'll be able to hear more from him both in the video on YouTube and when you come back to listen to part two of this series. Hello, this is Chris Magnuson with Street View Vagabond, and I produce a game show called the Street View Game Show, in which I take screenshots of Google Street View, crop them down, and invite locals on to the game show in order to identify, compete to identify what those places are, and then um, we start a great conversation about the cultural history of those of those places. And so recently, I produced the game show for Georgetown, Guyana, invited Sharita and Afia on from Gold Rush, and we had a fantastic time learning about the diaspora of Guyana. Um, but I would love for you to check out the Street View Game Show um, whenever you get a chance. It's a lot of fun, and we learn a lot more about Georgetown, Guyana. Thank you. Yeah. And shout out to Street View Vagabond host Chris. Um, thank you so much for reaching out to us, and we had so much fun on the, the game show. Make sure you guys watch it. We'll make sure to link it in our link mm-hmm. tree um, You know, to catch us. You know, we'll catch me <laughs> failing at a lot of the the Guyanese um, trivia with the pictures and everything. You, you'll see what I mean, but make sure y'all watch it. It was a good episode. So yeah, check him out and check out the rest of his episodes as well. But yeah, that's all we have for this episode. Afia, do you want to tip us off as to what you're going to discuss in part two? Yeah, so part two will be debunking that there is nothing to do in Guyana. Because I've heard too many people say, why are you going back? There's nothing there. You'd be surprised how many things are in in Mm. Guyana. And we'll tell you all about it, especially in our recent trip to Guyana. We'll tell you all about our excursions and, you know, different things that we saw while we Mm -hmm. were there. Yeah, you won't want to miss that. So for now, we are signing off. This was a fun episode. So, all right, we're going to gaff, right? All right, we're going to gaff. Later, (laughs) bye-bye.